Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Sound Heart Radio. Uh, today's topic is entitled "The Biblical Mandate and Healing Power of Forgiveness." The Biblical Mandate and the Healing Power of Forgiveness. Today's study will be taken from Paul's a letter to the Colossians or the Church at Colossae. Please note that Paul's letter to the Ephesians was written, uh, its theme is the body of Christ, the soma uh, of Christ, and the theme of Paul's letter to the Colossians is Christ, the head of the body, Christ, the head of the body, the kephale. And so Paul's focus uh, after he provides, uh, as is his tradition uh, in his letters, Paul provides the doctrinal foundation and then the the ethics or the the ethical conduct of believers must flow from uh, the foundation of doctrine. So we have our foundation and then we have our practice. And so this is Paul's focus. Now, believers uh, are to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We are to be, our our personalities, our minds, our temperaments are to be controlled by the Spirit of God. We are to be filled with the Spirit so that we will not fulfill the lust of the sarks, the flesh. Now, please note, that nowhere in the old in the New Testament do we read that believers. Please hear this carefully. Nowhere in the New Testament do we read that believers in Christ possess an what is called an old sin nature. You will not find the word arche or peleos for old and harmatia or uh, which is a word for sin, or homartolos, or homartoloi, the plural sinners, you will not find old sin nature, physis. You will not find these words together syntactically in the Greek New Testament. So it may be a theological doctrine that one adheres to, but it is not a biblical doctrine. Now, what Paul discusses in his letter to the Romans is the sarks, the flesh. Paul never says that believers have an old sin nature and uh, we, have, uh, we are in Christ and so uh, we have uh, what Peter calls 
Peter says that we have been uh, united with God in a very powerful manner. Uh, and so you will never see this together syntactically. Now, I say that because I want to avoid confusion. I hope I haven't confused you. In Colossians 3.1, Paul writes these words. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And the word if should be since. Since you have, then you be risen with Christ. And all believing ones were co-resurrected with Christ when he stood up out of the grave 33 AD. We stood up with him out of the grave. Uh, so the Greek word of re- resurrection is anastasis. Anastasis necron, the standing up of the body. We stood up with Jesus when he stood up out of the grave in 33 AD. We have a we, are, we have a conjoint relationship with the living and risen Christ. So, and he says, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Now, the reason why Jesus sits at the right hand of God is because of the, his finished work. His finished work of redemption. He has completed that work, and so he sits at the right hand of the Father on high. And yet, in the book of Hebrews, we read about the high priestly ministry of Jesus. And in Revelation chapter 1, we see uh, John sees Jesus dressed in his high priestly garb. So, Jesus sits as to the finished work, his finished work, but he stands on behalf of believing ones as the great as our great high priest. Please understand uh, the power of, of the word of God. In verse four, Paul writes. Excuse me. In verse five of Colossians three, Paul writes, "Mortify," that is, to deaden or subdue your members which which are on the earth. Now, I'm going to skip down uh, to verse twelve. Paul reads. Paul writes, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, the kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness or gentleness, literally gentleness, and then long-suffering, long-suffering. Verse 13, forbearing one another, that is, giving one another clemency, spiritual clemency as it were, forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Now, the, the collective noun, uh, you, is, is in the emphatic position in the Greek. So also do ye. So, look at this, ver- this verse 13 very carefully. The second, uh, after forbearing one another, or providing spiritual clemency for one another. And forgiving one another. Speaking to the members of the body of Christ. 
speaking of an attitude that uh, the attitude that Christ had has toward us. Everything in Pauline ethics and everything in Paul's uh, mandates on spiritual practice flow from our relationship with Christ. That is what he did. What he did on our behalf. So Jesus forgave us uh, a which means to release. He released us. And the word forgive or forgiveness means to release someone from a debt that can never be repaid. To release someone from a debt that can never be repaid. That is to set that individual or that group free. Because on the other side, what happens? If you and I do not set a person who has offended us in in some manner, what happens to us? Well, we become imprisoned by that individual. Think about it. We become imprisoned by that person. Now, we may think, well, I'm going to hate this person. I'm going to feel this way uh, toward this person because of an offense. And that person may be living his or her life unaware or they really don't care about what is going on in your life. And here you are suffering, suffering spiritually, suffering physically, because don't kid yourself, lack of forgiveness has both mental suffering and physiological suffering. And so you hurt yourself globally. You hurt yourself in a very powerful manner because you do not wish to forgive. And so therefore you will not be healed. The only way to regain control of your thought life, and think about this, you're letting that person whom you hate or or you despise live in your brain, in your heart, rent-free. Think about it. And you're only hurting yourself and your loved ones or those within your periphery. And you try to medicate that person out of your heart with drugs or sex or whatever uh, other uh, addiction that you might allow uh, to capture you. It's time to to release that individual or that group that has offended and hurt you and move on with your life so that you can be free, so that you can live a wonderful life. Now you may say, well, I don't know. I've been this way for so long. I've become habituated to lack of forgiveness. Think about that. And my brain is built around that lack of forgiveness, and so I'm bitter now, and I'm resentful because of what was done to me so long ago. If you do not know how to forgive someone who has hurt you or offended you, 
You need to go before the living God. You need to confess to him what is going on and why and tell God how you want to be set free so you can love once again, so you can laugh, so you can enjoy the taste of food, so you can enjoy the sky, so you can enjoy music, so you can enjoy being you, so you can be comfortable in your own skin, so you can worship, so you can clap, so you can sing, so you can rejoice, so you can feel good about who you are, so you can have love for others once again because you have released this person. Note, please note, if you do not release whoever this is, you will be in prison along with that person. God wants you to be set free. God has set you free. God has forgiven you. Notice the scripture. And forgiving one another, if any have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Now, you want to talk about what wellness means? A biblical definition of wellness? It just it means just this. Getting healthy in one's heart. Starting from one's heart, getting healthy by forgiving, by releasing, by letting go. If you don't know how to let we have an eternal and wonderful God who is waiting for you to come before his throne, confess your need, tell him where you are, tell him how you want to be set free so you can live a wonderful, Christ-filled, Christ-centered life. Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich. God bless you, beloved.